0: Invite you to open your Bible with me this morning to Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter six, Ephesians chapter six, as we're making our way through this wonderful letter, the first half of which devoted to the wonder of the gospel, and all that God has done for us in Christ Jesus. By, by grace we've been saved through faith, not of ourselves, a gift of God. And then Paul moving to talk about how to live now as those who belong to Jesus, to live as the body of Christ, to walk in love, uh, how to live as families. And that's where we are this morning as uh, God, Paul gives us instruction, uh, God's instruction by the Holy Spirit of how wives and husbands should live together. And now we're going to be talking about uh, boys and girls. This is a special message for you as Paul uh, and uh, God by His Spirit shows uh, you boys and girls how to live in your homes and fathers. This is a message and parents in general, but, but fathers, how to raise your children. Uh, so God speaks to us right where we live. Let's give our attention To God's Word, Ephesians chapter 6, we'll read the first four verses. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Let's ask God's blessing. Oh, Father, we uh, thank you that your word is inspired. It is dynamic. And Lord, you know we need to hear it. And I pray that you'd give us ears then today. And that your spirit would help us to see the love of God for us and the power of Jesus Christ to make our homes and our families uh, places of of love and and joy and peace and obedience. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. As you may know, The United States leads the world uh, in many categories, some good and some tragic. Uh, Some of the tragic categories we lead the world in uh, would be the creation of and use of pornography. Uh, We lead the world in uh, freely chosen abortions. Uh, And we lead the world in another tragic category, and that is fatherlessness. And it's not even close I was reading an article this week, it says over 18 million kids grow up in one-parent homes, 80% of those without a father. At nearly 23%, the United States stands over three times the world average of children raised by one parent. So if you look over the world, uh, children raised by one parent, is about 7%, in America it's 23, Uh, it's almost one in four children raised by one parent. Of all births in the U.S. today, about 41% of children are born to unwed mothers. For women under the age of 30, the out-of-wedlock rate increases to 53%. Children from fatherless homes fare far worse in metrics of overall well-being and mental and behavioral health. 90% of all homeless and runaway children. 85% of children and teens with behavioral disorders. And over 70% of all adolescent patients in drug and alcohol treatment centers originate from homes without fathers. The counsel that we have from God's word this morning is profoundly countercultural and missional. Uh, God has a word for us today about our families. Uh, family, of course, is created by God Himself, and every attempt to undermine the family, to destroy the family, to uh, to talk about new kinds of families that we're just going to kind of put together on the fly, according to our desires, are all a direct attack against God and His Word. And we are to stand um, as those who've been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ, a people who belong to God in this world, and we are uh, called by God then uh, to live. In uh, in a way that pleases him in our families, <clears throat> and uh, boys and girls, that means that you have a role to play, and uh, parents, you have a role to play. It's a it's a it's a group project, a spirit-filled, um, gospel-rich, God-honoring homes don't happen by accident. We 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 need the Spirit of Christ to help us, and we need to be clear about what we're uh, about, what we're intending to to do. Um, we need to understand. What God calls us to do, and it's not—it's not that difficult uh, to to conceive of. But we need to hear it, and uh, and and to let the word of God mold us rather than our culture. And so, uh, boys and girls, we're going to begin uh, as Paul does with a word for you: God's will for children. And it's very short. Children obey your parents. Um, there's something very surprising here, boys and girls, in that uh, in, in the world that Paul lived in, in his day, um, you would never think of addressing a child in a letter. Children were to sort of be seen and not heard. You didn't, you didn't talk to kids if you were an adult, unless they were your own. Uh, but Paul breaks the rules in a sense, boys and girls, and he, he wants to talk directly to you. He wants you to understand that he's speaking to you. And he does this, of course, because, well, Jesus did it. Uh, Jesus spoke with with children and blessed children, honored children. Remember when the disciples were saying, keep them away? Jesus rebukes the disciples and said, no, no, bring them here. Blessed are the children. And uh, Jesus wants, boys and girls, you to understand that you matter to him and, and you are a part of his church. Uh, Paul is writing this letter to the church. Boys and girls, you are a part of the church of Jesus Christ. You've been baptized and and by that uh, incorporated into the body of Jesus Christ. You are part of the people of God. And that really matters to God. And he he puts you in your family and he puts you in this church on purpose. Right? Because he loves you and he has a calling. God has a calling then for you boys and girls of how he wants you to live as his children, uh, as as those who belong uh, to the people of God. How how can you honor Jesus and serve and bless Jesus in your life? You might think, "Well, I'm just 6 years old. What could I do?" Well, there's an answer for that. Paul says, Jesus calls you, boys and girls, to obey your parents. Whether you're 6 or 16, obey your parents. Uh, the Greek word for obey here, it's closely related to the word to hear, and the, the meaning is just to, to, to listen to your parents, to submit to your parents' authority. Uh, that's a, that's a, a, a lesson for not only boys and girls, it's increasingly a lesson that parents need to hear. It used to be assumed uh, by parents that children were supposed to obey, but because of the, uh, the press of our culture around us, that's becoming less and less clear to parents. Uh, parents feel that their primary responsibility is, to, is just to help the, you know, the, the, the natural genius of their child to, to unfold and develop, and, and to, to help them reach their full potential. Now... Um, And so we're we're worried about, you know, wounding their self-esteem or in any way uh, hindering their their progress to greatness or finding their dreams. All this Disney stuff, you see. And we just need to push back against all of that. What does God want parents to do? God wants parents primarily to help their children grow in godliness and to obey the Lord. Uh, Tim Challey's written an article recently on this, Uh, should parents insist on their children's obedience? He writes, Many parents doubt their ability to direct their children and may even doubt their right to demand obedience. Yet the Bible insists that children are to obey their parents and that parents are to enforce their children's obedience. God takes obedience from children very, very seriously. Um, It is uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, We read, Paul says, understand that in the last days, verses one and two, in the last days, there's going to be a a great decline in morality, and and he goes on a long list of things that you're going to see in the last days. People will be lovers of self, and lovers of money, and proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents. It's in a list of really, really bad things that is going to happen as the darkness descends, disobedient to parents. God takes this very, very seriously, and he expects us to do the same. So that's the rule. Boys and girls, it's not a hard rule to understand. Uh, obey your parents. What mom and dad say is what you're called is what God calls you to do. Now Paul doesn't just leave it there. he gives us reasons. Uh, boys and girls notice, he says, "This is right." In other words, this is how things are meant to be. This is how God has constructed the world to work boys and girls. This, this is how it works. If you have a, a, a toy, maybe, where you got to put pieces together, uh, maybe a Lego set or something, you can't just sort of randomly start slapping things together. If you want it to look like a starship, you got to follow the instructions. That's how it was made to work. Well, the world is like that. God has instructions for how the world is supposed to work, and this is one of the key ones, that children are called, supposed to, meant to follow, obey, listen to their parents. Chalice says, there are certain truths uh, that we know simply because we're human, because we're made in God's image. One of these truths is that children are to obey their parents. Every people of every time have known this. Isn't that interesting? Except 21st century America. Every people of every time have known this and insisted upon it. So the first and most foundational reason children are to obey their parents is that this is just how it works, how God intends it to work. A family, we all know this, a, a family uh, that is being run by disobedient, rebellious children doesn't work. That family is, is just functionally not able to do what a family is meant to do. A society filled with disobedient, rebellious children doesn't work it falls apart, and you're seeing that happen all around us today. So this is right, boys and girls. This is how God made the world to work. Secondly, it's, it, Paul says we're to do this because God commands it. It's the fifth commandment. This is a big enough deal that God puts it in the Ten Commandments. Children, obey your parents. Honor your father and your mother. And Paul reminds us that there is a promise attached to this. Uh, This is not just a brute rule, but God wants us to understand that there are blessings attached to honoring father and mother. There's blessings attached to obeying your parents, that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. God is not afraid to appeal to our self-interest. God is not afraid to say, would you like to live a blessed life, a fruitful life, a happy, joyful life? God is not afraid to ask those questions. And then to say, well, if that's true of you, and of course that is true of you, then this is how to attain it. Rebellion, um, lack of discipline, being controlled by your desires, controlled, uh, being, having a rebellious spirit, those are all things that, that's, that's the path that you can walk, but it is a path that will always lead to destruction. But there's another path, and God calls us to this path, that will lead to blessing that will lead to fruitfulness, that will lead to joy, that will lead to honor and life. God is not ashamed to appeal to our self-interest. And so, boys and girls, look around you. I remember one of the many lessons that my father taught me. One was just, you know, drugs were a big deal. I'm sure they still are, I know, but but that was just impressed. That sort of the hippie culture. I was behind the hippie culture, but Older kids, you know, were that, and I'm uh, gonna get myself in trouble here. I just remember, I just remember Dad saying, y- y- "You know, the guys that are smoking weed are the guys that are moving on to heavier things." And son, just just look at that life. Is that is that where you where you want to go? And 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 none of them wanted to end up there. All they wanted was a little fun. But they started right with that first hit, the first experience, and they lost control of where it goes. And I just remember clearly, okay, well, I don't think I want to end up there. Now, that doesn't make you a Christian, right, to say, I don't want to go up there. But, but it, it, it does make you wise to say, I don't, I don't want to go there. I want to go over here. How do I get there? Well, God tells us how to get there. children, Obey your parents. Learn, learn to submit to their authority because it's God's authority that they're exercising over your life. You're obeying God as you obey your parents. And again, this is, this is one of the ways, boys and girls, that you show that you belong to Jesus. It's, it's the same in the Old Testament. In Leviticus, in Leviticus 19, 1-3, God says to his people, "Be you shall be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. You're to look like me. And then he says this, every one of you shall revere his father and his mother. That's what holiness looks like. That's how we show that we belong to our God and Father. And so boys and girls, obey your parents because it's right. Obey your parents because God commands it. And obey your parents thirdly because you're in the Lord. That's a wonderful thing that Paul says, obey your parents in the Lord. That uh, your obedience is not just to your mom and dad, your obedience is to Jesus. Because you belong to him. And Jesus wants you to know that you belong to him. You've had the covenant sign placed on your forehead. Uh, you are part of the covenant community. You have a responsibility then to, to obey your parents as to the Lord. And so, when, boys and girls, when you, maybe you're getting into your teenage years. So, so young men and young women. And you disagree with mom and dad. You think they're being unreasonable. You think they're just flat out wrong. Jesus says, I want you to look right over their shoulder. I want you to see my face. And I want you to do it unto me. That you obey your parents because I, the Lord, your God, call you to. And you do it as to the Lord. You do it unto me. That you live your life for Jesus. Now, why does God care so much about obedience for for children? Well, boys and girls, he wants you to learn the basic principles of obedience. A Christian life. The basic principles of a life that, that serves God. Uh, and the basic principles, things that we have to learn. We have to learn how to humble ourselves. We've got to learn how to trust God and how to submit to God. And all those things are on the line when, when your mom and dad ask you to obey them. Uh, they're asking, God is asking you to, to trust Him, the Lord, and to submit to Him, your, Lord, your, your God, and to humble yourself, and to obey your parents. See, there's this battle going on in your heart, boys and girls, in all of our hearts, and it's a battle about who's going to be boss? Uh, who's, going to be the, who's going to make the rules? Who, do I, who am I going to follow? Is it going to be me, my desires, my will, or is it going to be God? That's the battle, that's the question that our hearts are asking all the time. Who am I going to follow? Who am I going to serve? And God wants you to learn very early on that the path of obedience um, is a path of life. And that that as you submit to the Lord your God and trust in Him, you're going to find these ways of peace. You're going to be blessed. Now, it's not easy. Obedience isn't easy for anyone. And boys and girls, just so you remember, God doesn't just call you to obey. Mom and dad are called to obey too. Right? God calls all of His children to obey. We're going to sing that after uh, the message. So, but obedience is hard. Yeah, it's hard. It, God knows it's hard. It's, it's hard because we have a sinful nature, isn't it? And yet, God promises two wonderful things as we fight this battle. He promises to forgive us when we fail, and He promises that He'll give us all the power we need to grow. So, boys and girls... When you sin against God by disobeying your parents, Jesus wants you to know that he'll forgive you when you confess your sin. And you do sin when you when you disobey your parents. But he'll forgive you. You can go to him and say, Jesus, I confess my sin. I did not listen to mom today. And also, you can ask for help. Jesus, will you give me everything I need to to grow in this. I want to honor you and I want to obey my parents. Teenagers, I'd encourage you to do the same. Be a wonderful blessing to your parents if you would come to them and say, Mom, Dad, I just need to confess to you that I did not obey you and I'm deeply sorry and I'm asking you to forgive me as I've already asked the Lord. Wouldn't it be wonderful that we had those conversations in our homes and, and Mom and Dad would just give the the blessing of the gospel to that child and that that the the gospel would bring peace and healing and growth and we can pray together for the Holy Spirit to be at work. Those are the homes that God intends. That's God's word for children and God also has a word for parents, specifically here for fathers. There's a negative command and a positive command. The negative being, don't provoke your children to anger. Uh, The Living Bible says, uh, do not keep scolding or nagging your children so that they are resentful. This is a little illustration right here. That's all right. This is godly parenting. We're going to learn that right now. So don't provoke them to anger. Do not goad your children to resentment, it says. Uh, There's a way of raising children that breeds resentment. Uh, Law-based parenting, where you're the cop, and you make the rules, and you enforce the rules, and you focus on the rules and external behavior. Um, that's going to make you a frustrated, angry parent because, because you've been clear about the rules. You've, you, you've, you've told them how many times this is the rule, and then they don't keep the rule. What's going on? Right? We, we, we just completely, all of our theology flies out the window. We never heard of, of total depravity. And and so law-based parents are frustrated, and children are frustrated because um, they just sense something's not quite right here. I'm I'm just I'm just a, a cog in the wheel. I'm just supposed to keep the rules, and all they care about is external conformity. Well, that breeds a rebellious child. You see, rules and laws and discipline can at best make a good Pharisee. That's at best. Generally, they make rebels. Either um, externally rebels, and they just throw the whole thing away, or internally just rebels. They'll pretend to be doing this, but underneath, they're doing all this. Law-based parenting is a failure. Domineering angry parenting breeds rebellious children. It's one of the most common mistakes that fathers in particular make. They relate to the child exercise, seeking to exercise control by, through anger. In their mind, is this is just a matter of authority, I'm the boss, and, um, and they rule then with, with, with just like a little tyrant. Now, of course, fathers, do you have authority over your children? Yeah, you do, and you need to exercise it, but you need to exercise it according to the rules of Scripture. So in Luke 22, Jesus makes the position of authority a position of loving service. You're not in the home, brothers, to to, uh, make sure that everyone obeys you and follows you. You're in the home to serve them by teaching them obedience to Christ. John Stott says, The dominant father who, who uses his own authority for his own ends is no more entitled to claim Christian authority in the family than the rebellious son. One is abusing authority, the other is flaunting it. Both are wrong. And brothers, I just want to say, if, you're, if your parenting is, is characterized by anger, uh, you are in, uh, you're in grave sin. There's no room for your self-righteous, self-serving anger in the home. It's a denial of what God has called you to do. It's a violation of uh, your calling as a father. Uh, and I, I could just like to say, I think in, in our Dutch, West Michigan culture, there's way too much of it that's allowed. And we just sort of got... Used to it. It's not okay. God commands, just as He commands your children, our children to obey, um, He has a word for us. Don't provoke your children to anger. And one of the most common ways we do that is through our own. Lazy permissive parenting is another way that we raise rebellious children. Permissiveness breeds fools. You can see that all through scripture. Think about King David. Great king, lousy father. Adonijah, his oldest, um, foolishly tried to take over the kingdom when David was very older and Solomon was just uh, just uh, anointed. Um, so he was going to be next king. And we have this, we have this comment in 1 Kings 1-6, his father had never at any time displeased him, Adonijah, by asking him, why have you done thus and so? Isn't that amazing? David never, he's ruling over a whole kingdom, but he never had the courage to say to Adonijah, Son, what in the world are you doing? Uh, and, to, and to redirect him, to instruct him, to rebuke him, to teach him the ways of righteousness. And so Adonijah grows up to be a fool, and he loses his life for it. Friends, parenting is, is I think, undoubtedly, the most weighty, meaningful thing we'll ever do in our life. I don't care how big of an empire you might be able to build through your uh, business uh, abilities. The most significant thing you'll do in your life, if you're a parent, is to raise those children. They're going to live forever. That little baby you hold has an eternal soul. And they will live that that eternity either in the blessedness of communion with God or in the horror of hell without Him. And we have been given this one small window as, as parents to instruct them and to teach them and to, and to mold them and to impact how they will spend eternity. It doesn't depend upon us, but we have an impact. We have, a, we have a role to play. God has ordained that role for us, and we get one shot at it. You get one little window. And for those of you who have young ones right now, you know, you know this intellectually, but I just want to tell you, you get one little window to, to, to have your influence felt. Now, you can still pray and minister to your kids when they're older, but but right now is is the primary time for you to mold their hearts. And so it's a word we just need to take to heart. God says don't provoke them. What he he tells us to do positively is nourish them. Bring them up. The word there um, speaks about the manner of child rearing. Uh, The word, uh, it means to nourish them, to feed them. Calvin says, uh, translates, bring them up as let them be fondly cherished. Fathers, do your children know that? That you fondly cherish them? William Hendrickson says, rear, rear them gently. That's what it means. Rear them gently in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. It means that children are not to be dealt with harshly. They're to be dealt with tenderness and, and care. And so it, it speaks to the the. the the spirit of our child rearing. What what is your tone when you talk to your children about their behavior? When, when you talk to your children to to, to uh, about their behavior, are you usually are you usually uh, yelling or scolding or rebuking, punishing? Or is there an atmosphere of gentleness, an atmosphere of nourishing? You understand that they're just little sinners just like you, and their little hearts need to be molded, need to be trained, and, and you're going to speak to them because you understand the gospel. And you want them to understand the gospel, and you're going to speak to them about, about what they're doing because you want to instruct them, and that's what Paul goes on to say. So, but the manner is gentle. The practice, uh, two words, discipline and instruct. Pideia and Nuthesia. Um, discipline is the sterner of the two. It means to be applying things that are painful to get desired ends. It's what the Heavenly Father does in Hebrews chapter 12. He disciplines those He loves. And the text says, remember, none of it seems pleasant at the time. Discipline has a sting to it. In the Bible, um, the Bible unapologetically calls for a real practice of discipline including spanking. Uh, that's a biblical position. Spare the rod spoil the child. Discipline your son Proverbs 19. Uh, let let me read just Proverbs 13:24. He who spares the rod hates his son. But he who loves him is careful to discipline him. Proverbs 19:18. Discipline your son for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to his death. Now again there are appropriate any 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 spanking that is that is out of anger out of just resentment is wicked and wrong and needs to be repented of but there's a place in scripture for you to lovingly gently firmly help your little one understand the the, the danger of disobedience and the blessings of obedience you don't need to apologize for that so that's that's discipline, and, and, and the reason, you see, God gives us these tools is because our children, just like us, we, sometimes pain is, a very, pain is a very good teacher, and God will bring pain into our lives to say, don't go there. Go, over, go here, and he loves us in doing that, and we love our children the same, and our children need to learn those lessons because they're moral agents who live in God's world, and they're going to answer to him someday. I like what Farley says in his book uh, Christian uh, gospel-powered parenting. He says, Christian parenting is the process of helping our children for the day of judgment. No, excuse me, preparing our children for the day of judgment. Christian parenting is the process of preparing our children for the day of judgment. That's, that's, that's straight up. Now, how do you do that? Well, fathers particularly model it. Uh, we can't pass on what we don't have. When, when God tells parents uh, in Deuteronomy 6, remember what it says there? It talks about how to teach our children. Deuteronomy 6, verse 7. Uh, you shall teach them diligently to your children, shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise, all these commands of the Lord. But right before he tells them what they're to do with those things for their children, he says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I sh- command you today shall be on your heart. It has to start here. We've got to deal with Jesus and, and with our... Uh, Walk with the Lord, frankly, right here. That's, that's where godly parenting starts. That's for mothers and fathers, obviously. You won't be able to instruct your children in the, the paths of the Lord if you're not walking them, if you're not striving, and to, to, if you're not pursuing them, if those ways aren't on your heart. And so start right there, men. Start, start right there. Where am I at in my relationship with Jesus Christ? And if you're not where you think you ought to be, then, then reach out. Talk to another brother that's maybe older and you've, you've seen godly wisdom and ask for help. Join a small group uh, that can help you with it. Join a Bible study. Don't just sit there passively hoping something changes. You've got one little window to raise these kids. And the best thing you can do for them, you see, is show them that you're serious about your walk with Jesus Christ. Give them a path to follow not in perfection, just in seriousness about it. Model it. Again, not model perfection, model following Jesus Christ. Pray for it. God delights to answer the prayers of covenant parents for their covenant children. We make a baptismal vow where we promise to pray diligently with and for our children. God hears and answers prayers. I think... um, I remember a few years ago, I I had the privilege of doing the funeral for my cousin, Nellie. I didn't know Nellie well. Um, She uh, grew up in in, uh, Colorado. She rebelled against her parents, rebelled against the church, and just left it all when she was a young woman and lived her life that way. But um, when she was 60, God broke through and and she was converted. And uh, then uh, she had cancer and she passed away. And her parents were dead and gone by then. But I just had this deep, profound sense of blessing that God heard and answered the prayers of her parents. And Nellie died in in Christ. Uh, If you have children not walking with the Lord, um, don't, don't despair and don't give up. Pray for them. And if you have children in your home, sleeping in that bedroom, pray for them. Pray for them. God hears and answers prayer. And then finally, speak the gospel. Speak the gospel to your children as you call them to obey. Help them to understand why it's so hard to obey. Help them to understand the battle that they're fighting. They're not just bad kids. They're human kids with a human fallen heart. And your job is to help them to understand, yeah, this is what it looks like. This is the battle. This is is what it means to need Jesus Christ. This is why Jesus came. Give them, give them the ability to have a, a gospel category for their struggle with sanctification. And then let them know that Jesus loves them even when they sin. And Jesus has the power to help them to grow. Speak the gospel to your children. A couple books that I found were one particularly, The Age of Opportunity by Paul Tripp, was the one that really just turned the corner for me um, when it first came out. And, and it completely changed the way I thought about being a parent. That every time my child disobeys, it's not, it is an opportunity for me to help them to grow in grace. Highly recommend it. There are others, a Gospel-Powered Parenting, one by William Farley. If you'd like other recommendations, we can give them to you. Speak the gospel to your children, but brothers and sisters, also speak the gospel to yourself. You will fail as a parent. Uh, you will lose your temper. Uh, you will fail to take advantage of opportunities. You will uh, fail in your own behavior before them. Every parent whose children grow up and walk with the Lord can say with absolute certainty that it is by the grace of God alone. There is no magic parenting ability that we have that produces God alone makes Christians. And we will fail. And those failures, sometimes God will, in His own wisdom, We'll see that failure played out in the life of our child. We'll see our anger in their anger, whatever our besetting sin might be. But friends, we need to speak the gospel to our to ourselves. Then we're not defined by our failures and our sins. God is not bound by our failures and our sins. The destiny of our children is not determined by our failures and our sins. We have a gospel for failing parents. Where we can get on our knees before the Lord and and confess our sin and ask Him to forgive us for our sin and um, and then we can by the power of the Holy Spirit grow. And again, I just want to encourage you: get help to grow. If you if you just feel stuck as a parent, find help. Reach out. Show your kids that you're serious about following Jesus Christ. And let me uh, again, as we as we close here this morning, if the, if the Spirit's just convicted you of, of, of a failure on your part please don't leave here and and just bear the burden of that would you just take that to the lord there's not a there's not a perfect parent in the room there's not even close to a perfect parent in the room none of us are success stories but, but what, we, what we can be are brothers and sisters who, in, in spite of our weakness, lay hold of God. Whether our children are at home or whether they're out in the world, whether they're in the Lord right now or not in the Lord, we can lay hold of a faithful God who has been sovereignly at work through every detail of our life, even over the failures. So we have great reasons for hope as we confess our sin, as we humble ourselves, as we try to apply the truth of Scripture to our homes, we can believe that God will hear and answer us. Let's encourage each other. This can be a place of such great pain, particularly for parents with adult children who are not in Christ. Let's be a place where they're free to share that pain, and we're free to talk about how we can encourage them and bless them and stand with them as they battle for the souls of their children. Let's be a church where the gospel is actually being ministered to the hurting hearts and the sinful hearts right here, and then in faith we are praying that God would minister that gospel to the hearts of our children. And may God hear and answer our prayers. Amen. Oh, Father, there can be such great blessings in families and such deep pain. Father, as parents, we just confess that we've sinned in so many ways against our children and against you we've sinned in our failure to aggressively pursue Jesus Christ we failed in our in our worldliness our apathy our anger and father we we just confess our sins against you and against our children but lord i thank you that there's a gospel for parents who 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 fail. There's a Jesus who died on a cross that we can f- confess our sin and be forgiven. And I thank you that there's hope that, that whatever stage of parenting we are in, Lord, we have a role to play, to speak truth and love, to, to, to model a Christian life, to pray for our children. Father, I pray for the children here at Harvest Church. I thank you so much for them. You've blessed us so richly. I thank you that the boys and girls would understand their, their calling to obey and, and that they would meet Jesus in, in that path, that they would see that, that there's a gospel for children too, that, that there's sufficient grace for them and, and strength for them. Oh, Lord, I just pray that around our supper tables and, and at bedtimes, there would be wonderful gospel conversations about the love of God for sinners and that families would together at the foot of the cross grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for single parents and the particular hardship that goes with that. I pray that you would encourage them, that they have all that they need in Jesus Christ as they uh, trust your word and as they pray over their children, instruct their children Lord, that uh, we lack nothing. I pray, Lord, for parents with children who are not walking with the Lord and the deep grief of that. And Father, we can undoubtedly look back and see things we should have done better and you know them more and better than we do. But I thank you, Lord, that you, um, you forgive us and I thank you, Lord, that our children's destinies are not determined by our failures. But, Lord, that we can pray with boldness to a loving Heavenly Father on behalf of our children. Lord, I pray that you would give our children the, the gift of repentance. Those who are in a far land, uh, walking in their sin, I pray, Lord, you'd reach out to them and bring some person into their life to speak truth, and that the Spirit would ignite the things that they've known and were taught at home, and they'd be converted. Pray for those who are in homes right now, um, still at home, young, young men and women, and yet are not in Christ. And that, Lord, you would give the grace to repent. We, we ask this, Lord, because we can't create that. You alone can make a new heart. But I just pray you would turn sullen and, and spiritually apathetic and dead hearts into living, breathing um, hearts that are alive for Jesus Christ. And we ask this, Lord, because we, we believe your promises. We believe that you hear and answer prayer. We believe that you're a God who delights to save you. We believe that you're a God who's given us our children in your own sovereign wisdom and that you've given us a calling. And so, Lord, may we be faithful and then find you to be so gracious. In Jesus' name we pray, it. amen. We're gonna to stand together and close by singing together, flee from sin, run to Jesus. people said, go with his blessing. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.